Baker Cameron is a Christian producer, actor, author, and loving husband and father of six. He's made a huge impact in our society through films like Fireproof, The Homeschool Awakening, and Life Mark. And recently, he's partnered with Brave Books. In December of 2022, he entered into an agreement with them, and he has been producing children's books, doing three just within one year, lighting brush fires for faith and freedom across the country through his national See You at the Library campaign and new partnership with the nonprofit Sky Tree Book Fairs. His passion for bringing traditional biblical and American values back to the public square is contagious and reviving hope for families everywhere. You guys, this is going to be a fantastic interview. This is the Heidi St. John podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Kirk, I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for taking a little bit of time. You know, you're warrioring all over the country. I appreciate you taking some time to talk to me. Oh, thank you for having me. I I always appreciate being able to stand shoulder to shoulder with other warriors and warrioresses and fight the good (laughs) fight in the battle of, of between good and evil, which is which is ultimately, I, I think, is what what animates and drives the things that we do politically in the family in the church. And uh, I, I love the comfort I have of knowing that we are not fighting for victory; we're fighting from mm, victory. From uh, because uh, the 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 you know the the one leading us uh, has mm-hmm. has victory uh, ri- written from the beginning. I think it's important that you're reminding parents that we're coming from victory because I think there's a lot of people that feel discouraged right now. Ken Ham was just here in Vancouver with me at the Homeschool Resource Center over the weekend, and we spent a couple of days just trying to infuse into parents that reminder that they are warriors. They're part of this battle. Every single one of us is. And you've been really leading the charge, particularly as it relates to the libraries. What got you interested in what's going on in our library system? Well, for, for, first of all, if, if you don't mind, I, I just, as soon as you said Ken Ham, I, 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 I couldn't help but just want to do my, my Ken Ham impersonation. <laughs> and remember, it was Noah who was not in a boat. It was a ship. <laughs> Get that right. It was a ship, not a boat. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Now he will definitely be watching this. I have a feeling you're going to be getting a text message. <laughs> that's, that's right. So, so um, uh, let's see. I love Ken Ham. And um, uh, you're asking me about libraries. So, um, sorry. Yep. No, I think that's great. Actually, well, Ken and I were singing a little song the other day. You ready for it? It's, it goes yeah. like this Who built the ark? Ken Ham, Ken Ham. Who built the ark? Brother Ken Ham built the ark. <laughs> and is Ark spelled with a K or a C? He would tell you it was definitely with a K. Definitely Although there was some debate this weekend because it depends on how you're talking about the Ark now. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I digress. We're talking about libraries. So, um, you know, as a father and now a grandfather, my, my daughter told us at Thanksgiving that she is pregnant, which makes me a grandpa. And I'm already trying to pick up my grandpa name. I think it's going to be Pop-Up because my grandpa was named Pop-Up. And I have been so endeared to him. And uh, I just want to carry on the tradition. So uh, Congratulations. Since, thank you. Thank you very much. And <laughs> ever since uh, I became a father, I became more and more interested in the world that our children will be growing up into mm. and building their lives on. So – the the ideas, the stories that they're being told shape their view of good and evil. Um, 
and, and this is all a reflection to them of the great big story that God has written. And so the, the books in our libraries are really, really important. It's shaping their morals. It's shaping their values, what they think about marriage and family and God and uh, politics and everything. So I've been working with Brave Books. We've been writing books. We've been reading books. And it seems that I've become quite controversial for wanting to read books that promote love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and and self-control. And people would rather, um, at least those in some of these uh, woke and twisted libraries, promote books that feature uh, men in high heels, fishnet stockings, short skirts, uh, wigs and makeup reading sexually twisted and conf- gender confusing ideas to children. So this is the battle that I found myself in and uh, it's gone all the way up to the American Library Association and Scholastic Books, who is the largest publisher and distributor of children's material in America. So it's uh, it's it's not been uneventful for me this last year. <laughs> well, and you you probably remember, as I think you and I are maybe almost exactly the same age, you have to remember when you know, we were Heidi, kids. You know, I could out you right now because I have no problem saying my age. I have no you, problem saying you, my age. You, just, you can you out just, me. You just tied your wagon right to my number of years. All right, Do it. I'm, 50, I'm 53. I am also 53. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all right, all right. I, I, I got over I got over being afraid to share my age a long time ago. I'm proud of it. It's 53 years of just hanging in there and trying that's, to walk with the Lord and making mistakes and the whole thing. That's that's right. That's that's pretty pretty gracious of God to uh, give us 53 trips around the sun. It is, and uh, half of it we were asleep. Right. When we were, when, and we, we, we get, if we get another one, I'm just give more reason to give him praise. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm coming up. I'll be 54 in March this year. So every year, I'm just like, you know, we're we're yeah. we're hanging in there. My oldest grandson. I think you and I talked about this last time I saw you. Probably at the Ark Encounter. Our our oldest grandson turned 10 this year. And I, every once in a while, I look at I look at my husband and I go, "What is happening? Like, what, what, is happening? what is even happening?" But I remember getting those Scholastic, those really paper thin, you know, two page magazine inserts that you would get. They would pass yeah. them out. You sit at your desk, and we get to yeah. you know mark off what books we wanted. And then you know, two weeks later, they magically appeared. We used to really like Scholastic. This company is an evil company now, and they are pushing things to children that are absolutely devastating. And I think most parents aren't still are not aware that Scholastic has an agenda now. They're not trying to just get sweet books into the hands of kids. They're trying to indoctrinate them through their program. Yeah, yeah. And that's a pretty harsh word to say that something is evil. Yeah. But, but- Read the catalog. Yeah. If you look at the books, you, you, you can't describe these things um, in any other way, in my opinion, but yeah. uh, pornographic, twisted, bent, crooked, morally, spiritually, uh, mm-hmm. not all of them, but certainly the ones that are winning the awards today and are being mm-hmm. celebrated by the associations because they represent the new paradigm. Uh, but here's something that I have to remember too, Heidi. Um, uh, sometimes conservatives make a, a career out of, um, you know, lo- looking through their sniper scope at the left or the liberals and calling out 
the, you know, the evil pigs that they find and they, and they say, let's, let's take them out. But we got to remember, um, the scriptures tell us that the human heart is wicked above all things, deceitful and desperately wicked. That means my heart. That means your heart. That means everybody's heart. And it's the grace of God that can transform us by renewing our mind. And that happens through faith and through the gospel and through the word and the spirit of God. And what, what I have to remind myself is that just like if my house gets full of termites and the walls start crumbling while I'm living in it, it happened on my watch and I have mm. responsibility in this. And if my marriage is deteriorating after 30 years, I can't point the fingers at my spouse only because I have great responsibility and I can't simply point at Scholastic or at public schools or at librarians who happen to be drags, drag queens or uh, homosexuals themselves and just say, they're the problem. I have to say we as the family of faith have neglected our posts and our duties and we have subjected our own children to organizations and systems that have subverted our values and twisted their little hearts and minds. And it mm. happened on our watch and we yep. paid for it through our taxes. So I want to look in the mirror first and say, there's my biggest part of the problem. What can I do to... Uh, make things right in my heart and in my home, and then begin to step out in faithfulness. And who knows, maybe the lesbian Marxist who's the pr director of the American Library Association will see something in my faithfulness and in my, my um, integrity to my worldview and kindness toward my enemies that might actually begin to do something that would cause them to want to look at things my way. I mean, there, there's, there's legitimate hope there with those types of things. And I think that, that God moves on behalf of a repentant people and he oh sends revival uh, with a people that is brokenhearted and contrite in spirit saying, Oh God, what have we done? Um, hmm. Change our hearts uh, and, and, and revive us again. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good thing to be reminded. You know, we cry out for revival, right? We hear it all the time, but revival doesn't come without repentance. That's the very first part. And yeah. I think one of the things that God has done so powerfully through you, you know, you have this huge megaphone, you have the Mike Seaver megaphone. I cannot imagine that when you were young, you would have imagined, right? Younger, that you would imagine at 53, you'd still be, you'd still have a platform because of that. It's an amazing, it's an amazing gift and you've done it so beautifully to use the platform that God's given you to uh, be an ambassador. Like instead of just talking, you're actually doing things, you know, going around to the libraries and encouraging people. You've had, I think, generally speaking, I mean, you've had some run-ins with with some of the librarian staff, but I bet you, right, I've, had, I've not been to one of your story times yet. We're trying to get you to come out here to the Portland area. That'll be a hoot and holler and good time. Uh, but I would imagine people are just really excited to see someone bring some hope and an actual positive message in a story time to the kids, right? And you guys are getting, you know, blocks long lines of people waiting to come in. Yeah, people are coming out of the woodwork to be a part of something that they feel gives them hope and even something to be a part of, to join in on, a track to run on. Uh, I meet people uh, all over the country at schools and churches and libraries that feel <laughs> discouraged. Some of them are even feeling like, like there's no hope. 
they're, they're inching toward the cliff of despair. And yeah. we can't do that. that. That's that's death. I mean, think of think of the boys uh, who landed in Normandy in World War Two, and there there was no hope there for 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 running on these beaches and getting out of there alive. And yet, miracle of miracles. God uses the weather, turns things around, and we end up winning the war. There's all sorts of demonstrations throughout history when all hope seems lost and a great mm. awakening occurs. Um, I think it was John Adams uh, when he was asked about the uh, the great revolutionary war. He says, well, wh which revolution are you talking about? He said, because the war was not the revolution. The revolution was a was a turnaround of religious sentiment in the hearts of the people. That was the real revolution. The war was just a consequence of it. See, that's when they had the the backbone, the grit, the tough, the fight to stand for what they knew was right, believing that God would champion their cause. And I think we need to realize that our courage and our bravery and strength today doesn't come from saying, hey, there's more Heidi St. John's than there are of um, – uh, you know, what, what, what's your favorite liberal leftists, uh, crazy person's name? Bill oh, Maher. There's Bill Maher. Yeah. I was thinking of a girl. What's the, what's Rachel Maddow. Ooh, oh, you know, Rachel okay. Maddow. Oh yeah, yeah. She's right up there. Or, or, or that we, we have more money than they have, or we have more people than they have. And, and, and we have the truth on our side and they don't, uh, I, I would say, no, no, no. We, we have a God who's faithful yeah, and, and 2000 years ago, he invested the life of his son and, and it was sacrificed, and and um, and and we were our, our our victory was purchased with a great cost, and so mm. we're we're riding that tsunami wave of victory. And what God requires of us is humility, faithfulness, um, repentance, and obedience. So that's our job. Duty is ours. Results and outcomes are up to the Lord. Um, yeah. So I, I find that when people see someone reading a book at a children's library or you doing something like you're doing with this amazing training center that you have up there for homeschool families and, and uh, entrepreneurial skills you're teaching to so many people, um, they get excited and they come out of the wood woodwork because uh, they need hope like they need air and they yeah. want to be a part of something. And there's something in their DNA that says we weren't meant to lose this battle uh, mm -hmm. for the hearts and minds of our children or for the culture of this world. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's get in the fight. And, yeah. and that's that, that's what I'm I'm excited to be a part of. I, I, I don't yeah. want to I don't want to rust out in my in my aging years. I want to I want to burn out on fire <laughs> doing everything I can. And, uh, you know, slide into heaven with my hair yeah. singed and, uh, <laughs> and thinking, woo -hoo -hoo, this was yeah, a great yeah. ride. Yeah, yeah. Though you can see, you can see just the Lord standing there going, hey, welcome. You know, you're, you're looking, you're looking kind of beat up there, but welcome. Yeah. Good job. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. It's exciting to think about just all that we have access to right now. I mean, what you're doing with Brave Books is a huge piece, I think, of kind of a cultural renewal that God has allowed his people to speak into. I'm wondering, you've raised six kids, and even that is very counter, you know, countercultural right now. And to my way of thinking, you know, it's part of the example of this, of, of your generation, my generation to come alongside these younger parents and say, hey, don't outsource the parenting of your kids. Stay in them with your right. kids. Um, they need you now more than they've ever needed you. What's the encouragement that you give to young parents. I mean, you're going to be a granddad, which is my, my, um, grandma name is Mamsie. My kids call me, my grandkids call me Mamsie. It's awesome. Uh, and Jay's is pop. 
or Papa, Jesus Papa. Papa. So I think definitely pick it. And then it's amazing how they wrap you around their finger. <laughs> it's awesome. What, what, I think one of the things that I'm still learning now, and I have an opportunity as a grandfather to do a better job of this, is um, is to remember that, that, that parenting is an opportunity to pass on the, the values and the truths that uh, were given to me about God, about the world, um, to my children, mm-hmm. and to equip my children to pass it on to the next generation. And I think one of the things that I got, um, I got wrong in the beginning was I figured that that was all about data transfer, that that was about information download. Okay, um, here's a set of truths, uh, almost like um, you know a curriculum book of stuff that you need to know, and that I need to know all the things, and I need you to know all the things. So I'm going to pump this into your head, and a lot of times school is about that. It's about yeah. getting all these facts into your head, and you having to memorize them and then prove it on a test, um, yep. only to forget them next week because you have to like you know eject right. all of that so that you can remember right. the next the next set of stuff. Um, and I've had a wise old owl in my life um, remind me that Deuteronomy 6, teaching these things diligently to your children when they rise up, when they walk along the way, when they're going down to sleep at night, is not really head, uh, uh, head-to-head transformation. It's heart-to-heart transfer. It's, mm. it's values that I'm to root deeply in my heart and their relational values with God, to love him with all of my heart, my soul, my strength, all of my mind. And then I'm to n- not just teach up my children in the way they should go, but to nourish up my children in the way they should go. There's this idea of feeding them, of nourishing them, of, um, of, of replenishing them, of saturating them so that their cells are full of not just the truths about facts of God, but but how the spirit of God and the fruit of the spirit uh, plays itself out relationally in their life. And that's like discipleship. That's mm-hmm. face-to-face, heart-to-heart, life-on-life. And mm-hmm. that's something that I'm trying to do a better job of now with my adult children and want to see if I can model that so that younger parents, including my kids, uh, we'll be able to do that with our grandkids. Put it into practical terms uh, for the parents who are listening going, okay, I want that, but I don't know what that looks like. When you say discipleship and it's life on life and it's uh, it's you know doing something differently than you did starting out as a younger dad, what's just like one example of what that might look like? Uh, that that um, when your kids screw up and they mess up, don't put an inspection sticker on them and go, uh, well, pass, pass, fail for the day and, and, and sort of treat them like they're some sort of unregenerate pagan who is somehow outside the covenant family of God. Well, I'm going to reveal some of my theology here when I say some of this stuff, but there, there's a tendency that I think we have as Christians, um, to have, to, to forget that, that God has called us as parents to love our children the way that he loves us. Yeah. Now I can't save my children and ultimately that's between them and God, but I can treat them in such a way that that presents Christ and the gospel to them and it's terribly attractive. So that if my son comes home sober or drunk, that is not going to change my um 
my love for him and my commitment to him. If my child gets an A or an F in the third grade on a paper, that's not going to change how proud I am of him and how mm-hmm. much, how thankful I am to, to get to parent my child. Um, I think so often we fall into this performance trap. And for mm-hmm. me, that's a really easy thing to do because I've made my living as a performer since I was 13 years old on Growing Pains. Um, my my bread and butter is all about performing so well that people clap and applaud. And if I don't mm-hmm. get the applause, I get fired. So, right. So performance has always been the gateway to prosperity and success and approval and value and worth in my mm-hmm. in my Hollywood world. And so it's very easy when you operate that way in one category of your life, whether it's work or whatever, to sort of bring all of that into the way you see relationships and parenting. And, and that's a great mistake because God doesn't treat you and me that way. Uh, yeah. If God treated us according to our performance on any given day, uh, I'd be a pile of cinders. I'd be a crispy critter in hell. He doesn't do that. He actually yeah. treats me according to his love for me because of what Christ did on the cross, and that's not what I deserve. And I have an opportunity as a mom and as uh, I'm sorry, as a dad, um, and as parents, we have the opportunity to present that kind of covenant, um, unconditional, not based on your performance, love that is a reflection of God's love uh, for His covenant children. Man, it's so true. And love really does cover a multitude of sins. I mean, we've been forgiven so much by the Lord and uh, you've set such a tremendous example. Tell us a little bit about Brave Books and what you're doing coming up. Because you saw my book came out. Did you see it? Look, dude, I have it. Look at this. Look at it, The moose in the sea. It's a mouse. Oh, the mouse in the sea. That's what I could say. That's what the moose in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be pretty good too. That'll be the next one. The mouse, we'll tell hey, Zach. The, the, the mouse in the moose. sea. What, what, now, because I don't know, and, and there may be somebody listening, what's the lesson in the moose in, the mouse in the sea? <laughs> <laughs> the lesson is that it's really good for us not only to help other people, but to ask for help when we need it. So this little Amen. this little mouse, is fi- he finds all these, uh, these things that are happening with his friends, and he figures out different ways to help them. But when he needs help, when the bad guys come and they take him away and they're blimp uh, off to Domitron, when he needs help, he says, oh, no, I got it. I don't need any help. You guys is too dangerous. I don't need your help. I've got it. And I thought, boy, that's every homeschool mom in America. You know, I think mothers as a general rule can really relate Mm. to this. So it's a great, it's a great story for children to say, Hey, it's good to ask for help and be surrounded. We are created for community. And, uh, it's a, it's a delightful little story. I read it to three of my grandkids, uh, the other day and, uh, they had the little, the little stuffed mouse in their lap or the moose, the little moose. So it was great. Well, I love Brave Books. So we've been working together for the last year or so. We've got all sorts of exciting things coming up this this coming year. And so glad that uh, you're part of Team Brave, Heidi. And there's there's lots more who are who are joining in. And, and parents are just loving being part of the book club so they get all of these books. And um, it's really, really cool to, to see them investing in the, the, the faith and in the character of the next generation. Yeah, it really is. And I and we're bringing back story time again, right? It's actually really cool. You know, sit down and read with your kids. And uh, not only are they going to get that one-on-one time with their parents, they're actually going to read books that are good for them and good for their hearts and good for their minds. And uh, it's great. You've done three of them now, right? Yeah, yeah, three, three books. And, you know, you just reminded me of something, bringing back story time. And when I think of that, 
story time. Uh, you know, that, that's a that's a scriptural concept. That's a biblical concept. I'm thinking of of how many times in the scriptures where it says, um, you know, there arose a generation that did not know God. And and when you look at the generations that did know God, what did they know about him? Well, they were told stories by their parents and grandparents. Yep about how God rescued the children of Israel out of Egypt and how he trounced Pharaoh and he sent the plagues and 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 crossed the Jordan River. And these are the stories that the children of God heard at story time in their houses <laughs> long ago. And it's telling those stories over and over and over that remind us who God is and we're able to pass on that 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 God of victory to our children so that they know who they're living for. And and we can yeah. do that today by recounting the same biblical stories, but we can also communicate those values through well-written stories that uh, that that import character to our children through stuff like Freedom Island and, you know, the, yeah. the, the mouse in the sea and all of that. It's a lot of fun to see a, a company like Brave growing in a culture like this. And you can see that yeah. the need is there for it. We certainly saw this when you started traveling and, and speaking in libraries. Uh, Kirk Cameron, it's always a delight to have you. Thanks for thanks for a, being a hope dealer. My friend, Dr. Mark Sherwood would call you a hope dealer. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think, I think that's true. I so appreciate it. And I'm, I'm loving, uh, I'm loving working on freedom Island with you. So I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to do in the months to come. Me too. Thanks. Thanks so much, Heidi. Keep up the great work. You're welcome. Thanks. We'll see you again soon. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this interview with my friend, Kurt Cameron. And this podcast has been sponsored in part by Brave Books. And so we want to encourage you, if you're not part of the Freedom Island Book Club, you're going to want to do that. You can subscribe for your children, for your grandchildren. This is an opportunity not only for you to bring really well-written and beautiful stories uh, into the hands of your, of your children or your grandchildren or maybe your neighbors, but it's also an opportunity to support a wonderful company that's doing wonderful things. So go to Brave books.com and subscribe right now to the Freedom Island Book Club. And if you use the promo code Heidi, you'll get 20% off and you're going to get my brand new book, The Moose and the Sea for free in the first book for the Freedom Island Book Club. You guys, thank you so much for listening and I appreciate it. Thank you for leaving reviews for my books and uh, any other things that we have written over at iTunes and at Amazon. We appreciate those reviews very much. And I will see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.